wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Will Moal. I'm the pastor of the Paravista and the Gola Seventh Adventist Churches in South Australia. Thank you for joining us. And today in our show for the week, this theme is Radical Teachings in the Parable of Christ. And so that's what we're going to look at uh, in today's show and for the remainder of this week with our Drive Time Big Q&A team. And so Radical Teachings in the Parable of Parables of Christ. And so today my co-host and I, we are looking at the specific subject, A Parable to the Consumer. And we're going to unpack that this afternoon. And so today my co-host is... Pastor Joseph Matichich, it's uh, good to have you in the studio. As you all, for our regular listeners, may know, and those who may not know, Pastor Joseph is the secretary of the Adventist Churches here in South Australia. Welcome to the studio, Joseph. Yeah, thank you, Will. Great to be here. Well, our regular listeners will know that you and I, we do the Monday slot. We do, we do. We we swap and change from host to co-host and have a good time. And we certainly have a good time. And so... So tell me, before we jump into our World Watch, as we normally do, Joseph, ha- tell me what's been happening in your world in the last few days. How was your weekend? Anything exciting's popped up on your radar the last few days? I uh, had the opportunity on the weekend, William, to um, to preach at our at Seminary Adventist Church in Port Augusta. So I wow. uh, travelled up there um, and um, had a lovely time, Lo- lovely church group there at, at Port Augusta Church. And uh, they um, have a few things going on and um, connecting with with their community, uh, sharing. And uh, it was nice to be able to to meet up with them, spend some time with them. Um, so that was yeah, that was on on Saturday. Um, and then um, yeah, Sunday was spent at home, uh, worked in the garden, um, and uh, had to had to do a few things in the, in the front yard. And uh, so it was, it was a busy time, but a good time. Yeah. And especially in your line of work, Pastor Joseph, you would get uh, invited to speak pretty much most of the calendar year. As I understand, your role is very busy here in Adelaide, and churches across at Adelaide have booked you in. And I know you've come and to Paravista, and that's right, yeah. that's right, and and around the state. So around the state, all yeah, right. So as I said, Port Augusta, and um, yeah, we visited a few towns earlier this year, Port Lincoln. Um, and uh, in a couple of weeks, I'll be heading down to the southeast, down into Mount Gambia. So, yeah, it gives gives you gives me an opportunity to uh, visit with the different congregations and to see what God's doing, yeah. see how God how He's working, and um, in the lives of of people in the various communities. Amen. Well, today we're going to be looking at radical teachings in the parables of Christ and so we're going to be taking a look at that today and for our team as well Pastor Joseph and so really looking forward to um, what we're going to be unpacking to our our listeners out there today and so I thought I might get the ball rolling Joseph because we really do on behalf of our Drive Time BQ&A team want to encourage uh, you folks out there to to text us um, you know let us know you're listening let us know you're out there and so um I would just want to throw the number out there. I know we're going to uh, do our book promo uh, in our show today as well, but I want to encourage our listeners. Why don't you actually, for those of you who are actually um, regular listeners, I know that um, Gary, our good uh, colleague here on our team, 
uh, Gary Hodgkin would uh, invite uh, the listeners, uh, Joseph, to um, save the number. I think that's a very good hack <laughs> instead of uh, wondering what the number is. That's a good idea, yeah. So we're Dro- going to take Drive a- time. Put, save, put in your phone. Save it under drive time. Drive, so Drive time Faith FM. Yeah. Along with the app. Along, along with the app. Down, download the app, I should say. Download the app. Mm. So um, we want to uh, encourage you to uh, text, to save the, the studio uh, text number, zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. If you are listening live, we want to encourage you to text us in the studio here today. And so our theme is uh, for today, uh, a parable to the consumer. Uh, to the consumer and the actual theme for the whole week is radical teachings in the parables of Christ and so um, yeah just let us know that you're listening uh, we'd love to hear from you if you've got a question that pertains to our show today and for the rest of the week feel feel free don't don't just you don't just need a text in just for the book offer we would love to hear um, that you're listening and so we want to just encourage you text us here in the studio it makes us feel good about the fact that um, there are people actually listening in real time. Isn't that right, Joseph? Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And so so at this part of the show, we would we want to just uh, segue to our World Watch segment. This is the part of the show where we, yeah, just take a, see what's happening out there on the, on the, on the worldwide stage. And, and uh, the article I'd like to share with our listeners today, Joseph, is, is, um, we were talking about this just before we went on air today, is um, about this uh, particular incident that happened um, where uh, a fellow was actually um, um, yeah, grievously wounded, mm. and his name is uh, Salman Rushdie. And so yeah. I'm just going to pop open the article here. So the article was, um, well, it's all over the internet, actually, but um, the one I'm referring to here is um, by The Guardian. And um, on theguardian.com, uh, on the website there, it's, the title of this article is Who is Salman Rushdie, author whose book The Satanic Verses Made Him a Target? Now, I'll just read a few lines here, Joseph. I'd love to hear your input on this. And so the article says that the Indian-born writer, Salman Rushdie, that is, he was stabbed in New York, and it's not his first brush with violence. And mm. my understanding is just happened on the weekend, Joseph. Yeah. So this is a very, um, very fresh uh, incident that mm. just happened. And so let me read a few lines of the article here. It says, Salman Rushdie has been taken to hospital after being attacked on stage at an event in New York. Rushdie suffered an apparent stab wound to the neck, according to a statement released shortly after the incident by state police. His interviewer also suffered a minor head injury, police said. Video footage shows audience members surging onto the stage to help. So there's a bit here, but the point I want to kind of bring out, why why did some some individual feel the need to you know, to almost take this guy's life. So um, he wrote a book, as, as you would understand as well, Joseph. He wrote a book a number of years ago called The Satanic Verses. That's right. And I'll just go to this little bit of the article. It says, why has his work led to death threats? It mm. says, The Satanic Verses, inspired in part by the life of the Islamic prophet Muhammad, garnered critical acclaim in the UK and won the Whitbread Award for Novel of the Year in 1998. Novel of the Year. Oh, yep. sorry. Yeah. No, novel. That's yep, right. Yep, yep. <laughs> However, it also caused major controversy as mm. some Muslims accused the text of blasphemy mm. and mocking Islam. It sparked a series of protests across the UK attended by thousands of British Muslims, many of which involved publicly burning the book. And this is the interesting part here, Joseph, that we were chatting about this on air before we went on. It says, a year later, Iran's late leader, Ayatollah Ruhollah, I think, 
Khomein banned the book in Iran and issued a, a I think it's called a fatwa That's or right. an edict calling for Rushdie's death. Yes. Now, this is the crazy thing I was telling you about, Joseph. It says, quoting this uh, Ayatollah fella, it said, quote, he said, quote, I inform all zealous Muslims of the world that the author of the book entitled The Satanic Verses, which has been compiled, printed, and published in op- opposition to Islam, the Prophet, and the Quran, and all those involved in its publications who are aware of its contents are sentenced to death. Then he goes on to say, Joseph, I call on all zealous Muslims to execute them quickly wherever they may be found so that no one else will dare to insult the Muslim sanctities. God willing, whoever is killed on this path is a martyr. And there's a bit more in the article. Mm. Yeah, so just wanted to share that with our listeners today. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Joseph. A fella's about to take the stage, give a lecture, this uh, this rusty fella, and some young man, I think the young guy was about 24, he's a young man, and he rushed the stage and apparently tried to take the guy's life. Well, yeah. not apparently, he, he did, he tried to. Yeah, yeah. All because in some way the Muslim community sees this book that he had written mm. in, in some way, shape, or form was, I guess, you know, mocking their, their faith, essentially. That's right. Yeah, it, this this is an interesting incident. And um, my wife actually shared this uh, this news report with me um, on, on – on the weekend while we were right. actually traveling. Um, and we were traveling back from, from Port Augusta, as I mentioned a bit earlier. We okay. had been up there, actually. I, I preached up there. And on, on our way back, um, she was scrolling through the news on her phone and um, sh- you know, sharing, re- reading reading some things out to me to, um, as we were driving to, to keep me alert. And um, she she came across this, this incident. And um, I remember uh, I was I was uh, actually finishing high school. I was still in high school uh, uh, back when um, the Satanic Verses book came out. Really, and okay. um, I remember the name, uh, but I'd, I'd forgotten I'd forgotten the details uh, surrounding the, the uh, Salman Rushdie and and all the controversy that that was connected with it. But um, was it was all then reminded of it as as um, as my wife shared shared the news story with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So here we have uh, this this um, you know um, he's um, yeah it says that, you know, Rushdie was is, is Indian born, um, but he's he's written this book now. It is a novel. Um, it is a novel, right? Right. But um, it it's seen by Muslims as mocking Islam. Yeah, um, and in particular the Quran. Now the Quran is their their holy book, right? Right. And um, uh, this they, they take it extremely seriously, and uh, and as a result of that book coming out back in 1988, uh, as right. you shared there, um, it caused a lot lot of contra- lot of controversy, a, a real reaction, a violent reaction. Yeah. Where the book itself has been banned, and I think it says here in a number of yeah, countries, a number of countries, number of countries, India, Pakistan, uh, Bangladesh, you know, yeah, South Africa, even uh, Singapore. You know, interesting series of countries, but it, it, it's been banned. And as you said there, um, a fatwa was issued, which which means uh, there was a booty put on uh, on. Rushed his head you know, to 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 get him to kill yeah. him, and uh, he's essentially have to, had to be in hiding. That's right. Uh, for the sake of his own life. Yeah. Um, and one of the sad things, I guess, uh, William, is that uh, it refers there. It alludes to the f- or reports on the fact that um, uh, one of the uh, people who translated yeah. the book yeah, this- into Japanese 
was stabbed to death yeah. in 1991. So, you know, the, the reaction, the violent reaction to, to, to this book. Uh, now, you know, look, um, you know, personally, we, you know, we recognize that, um, you know, the, the Bible is God's word, not, not, not any other book, right? And uh, we, you know, we here on Faith FM clearly advocate uh, faith in Jesus Christ. However, what we also uh, clearly recognize is um, a need for uh, respect for all. And not only that, but, yeah. but uh, you know, what, what's interesting here is this reaction, this yeah. very strong reaction mm. is such where they feel that um, their holy book needs to be uh, needs to be defended. Needs to be needs to be kind of vindicated. Yeah. Um, and I'm um, thinking about it from from a Christian point of view, um, William. Yeah. Um, if somebody criticised the Bible, uh, if somebody mocked the Bible, if it and yeah, there are people out there clearly. Um, if, if there are those that you know share shared a view that was you know, anti God, anti Christian, and anti the Bible. Yeah. Uh, is it necessary to have to resort to violence? To, to defend it, I believe that God doesn't need to be defended um, at at the uh, you know, with 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 force. Yeah. Um, if it's true, it does not need to be. It doesn't need to be. Doesn't need to be defended. Yeah. And um, and so this strong reaction, which which has been demonstrated here and now, you know, just just over the weekend, so many years after this guy has written his book. Yet his life is still in, still in danger. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Irrespective of what is written, irrespective of the fact that he is, you know, supposedly you know, it's seen as blasphemous against right. uh, the Quran and, and Islamic faith, um, is a violent yeah, response. Is violence the answer? That's right. Mm. And and I would I would question that. I I I believe that um, Jesus himself clearly on more than one occasion. Uh, spoke out against using yeah. violence and um, and and taught us and taught his followers a completely different way. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded Joseph of that text um, when Jesus spoke the Sermon on the Mount, and he talked about. Um, it says here in you know Matthew five in verse nine, uh, Jesus says, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake." For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in, reward in heaven. And I guess, I guess what Jesus is highlighting there is when you're, I guess from a Christian standpoint, if someone is oppressing you or, you know, if, if we go through persecution, you know, Jesus doesn't say to respond with violence, doesn't say to respond with what you're saying, you know, with an edict to cut, you know, to kill. Correct. You know, and so, so very interesting, uh, an approach from this, uh, you know, this leader from Iran in how to deal with these, um, you know, people who are in their eyes ridiculing this, you know, the Quran and so forth. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to share that with our listeners out there today, um, you know, that there was a man who, you know, because of some people's very rigid and strict religious views, um, you know, he was he almost lost his life. And I think, uh, I think, praise God that he's he's on the mend. I think when mm. it first happened, he was on life support or something about that on a mm. ventilator. But I think now he's he's getting a bit better. And so our thoughts and our prayers go out to um, Salman Rushdie, and we and 
Yeah, it j- just tells us the, the type of world we're living in, Joseph. You know, and it's happening in parts of the world. Um, we don't necessarily see that a whole lot in Australia, but you know, you know, th- this is the type of world we live in. If um, if people don't agree, if you if you don't agree with people's worldviews, then in in Salman's case, you know, he's been on the run yeah. because of things that he said. He was seen in hiding, and, and that's right. And look, in Australia, we have. Um, quite a strong sentiment against Christianity, yeah. uh, against the Bible. We, we, you know, there'll, there'll be times things in the media or, yeah. Um, or, yeah, or, or in, in movies, which, which, which does actually mock, uh, does. mock or belittle Christianity or the Bible and Jesus, mm. faith, faith, faith in Jesus. However, I'm not sure that, yeah, that, that it would be beneficial at all for yeah. us then to, uh, look to destroy those to, uh, to want to, um, uh, you know, yeah, um, kill them, harm them, uh, respond with violence. Yeah. I, I don't see that actually achieving anything. Uh, if anything, it'll probably confirm in their minds that Christians are not people to to follow, to take seriously. Right. And clearly, yeah, Jesus, you know, you quoted from Matthew five. He, he goes further on in that in in that very chapter, I believe, where he says, if someone, you know. And wants something from you, um, assured, give, give him another yeah. one, you know. So if, if someone strikes you, turn the other cheek. So, yeah, that was a, that was a quite a radical, uh, yeah, we're teaching. radical today. <laughs> exactly. A, a, a very radical teaching because in, in that day and age, um, uh, yeah, I guess the Jewish people and, and they had been oppressed and they, they felt like revolting and, uh, defending themselves, standing up, resisting. Uh, with, with, with strong means. And, uh, Jesus comes and, uh, proclaimed as a Messiah and they're drawn to him and they think, okay, here he is. He's going to now come and, um, you know, he's going to wipe the Romans out for us and, um, he's going to redeem us. And then what they hear yeah. him saying is something completely different. And, uh, that, w- that would have been a shock to them because, yeah. yeah, the kingdom that Jesus was about was not a kingdom of violence. Mm. It was not a, it wasn't based on principles of retaliation, of revenge, of vindication. Right. It was rather a, a, a path of peace, a path that would ultimately take him to give his own life. And that's what he calls you and I to do. Right. Well, thanks for your input there, Joseph. Um, so, yeah, we just wanted to share that with our listeners out there today for our World Watch. Uh, we're going to segue to our free book offer, and uh, we'd like to uh, promote this free book offer for you. So if you're listening out there and you would, we've got a book that we'd like to um, offer you today. It's a book called Kindness Living, and it's a book by uh, author Jeff Weir. And... Uh, this book apparently is one of the best church growth tools uh, resources today. Uh, it's a very small book. It's compact enough to fit in your pocket. And what it really does, this book, it encourages readers to have a kindness plan to touch the lives of precious souls by daily patterning their lives after Christ's life. I, I like that idea of this idea of... um this plan, this kindness plan. And so we thought it would be good that uh, we offer this book to coincide with our theme this week of the parables of Jesus. So if you'd like a free copy of the book Kindness Living by Jeff Weir, all you need to do is text the code word here into the studio, SA67. The code is SA67. Sorry, not SA67, sorry, SA68. So SA68 to the phone number 04888. Eight zero eight double one, and our and our friendly bot will get in touch with you, get your details, 
and we'll get that book out to you as soon as possible. No strings attached. We just want to put that into your hands as a resource. So once again, Kindness Living by Jeff We are. If you'd like a free copy, text SA68 to 0488-80811, and we, the friendly bot, will get in touch with you. And so please don't go away. We'll be back with more. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A. Tapestry by Janine Orwa. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, BQ&A. And we just want to give a shout out to Leon, who is who is out there in Radio Land. And we've just seen uh, your text come through for the book offer. So, Leon, we, 
we thank you for listening to Drive Time VQ&A. And also Margie as well. We want to just uh, say thank you to Margie. I know she's a, a long-time listener of Regular. Faith FM Drive Time. So we want to thank you too for listening in. And to the rest of you out there listening mm. today, we appreciate your time with us. And so we are starting a theme for this week, Radical Teachings in the Parables of Christ. And today, the particular uh, title that we're going to look at today is uh, a parable to the consumer. Uh, so Pastor Joseph, who will be leading our discussion today, as as you may know, Pastor Joseph is the Secretary of the Adventist Churches here in South Australia. And so walk us through this idea. What is it, what's this idea of a parable to the consumer? And mm. is there a parable that speaks to this idea in the New Testament? So uh, today uh, our parable, William, is found in the Gospel of Luke, right? Luke chapter 12, and uh, I'm going to read through the passage here, and then we'll, we'll go back to it again. So Luke Let's chapter 12, and if we go from verse 13, it says, Someone in the crowd said to him, to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Right. And he told him this parable. Now comes the parable, Will. The ground of a rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. Okay. So there's a parable. And uh, and, and this is a story where Jesus actually... Uh, in a sense, pretty much draws draws a lesson out. So it it this is a in a sense a fairly straightforward one. Will in the sense that Jesus makes the if you like the application the the, the lesson. Yeah. Uh, in that last comment when he says this is how it'll be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. Um, now we have previously looked at. Uh, in general, defining a parable, and we've said what a parable is a it, it's a story. Yeah. Uh, to illustrate spiritual truth, Jesus used parables a lot. Right. And he's he's shared many parables here on Drive Time, where we're looking at a sampling of them. Really. Yeah. Um, there are there are many more. Um, and when Jesus spoke in parables, when he shared a parable, he would he would use examples that he's that his hearers could relate to. Right. Um, he used events, he used objects, he used um, things that, 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 you know, as they listened to him, they could really ad- readily identify. Now, there's, yeah. there's a cleverness and there's a power in that because when they would later, you know, go on their way uh, and they would see these things, for instance, the shepherd or uh, they would, um, you know, see, see um, you know, someone with coins or whatever, that, they'd be reminded, ah, I remember when Jesus yeah. told that story. And, um, and so then, he, used thing, he used things that they could, everyday things almost, that they could relate to, things that they were immersed in, part of their culture of their day. So, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and while some of these are, you know, 
using things that were very common to um, you know people living in you know in the Middle East two thousand years ago. This parable actually is you know as as I've just read it, I think we can say, hey, this 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 is actually quite uh, relevant for us in our modern Western lifestyle. Yeah, um, there isn't too much there that is is hard to to identify with. Yeah. Now, as with many of the uh, many of the parables, will uh, this one also uh, was shared in response to a particular issue? Uh, yeah, so there's a there, there's a setting, um, there's a there, there's something going on. It's a context, that, yeah, exactly right. You know, hardly ever, if at all, were, did Jesus just tell the parable in a vacuum, just just for the fun of it, if you like. Yeah. Um, what's the setting? What's the context of this one? Well. Uh, we, we've read there, and we come back here to Luke chapter 12, verse 13, where Jesus has obviously uh, been preaching, teaching. He's, he's, he's got a crowd of people around him. Uh, there's a crowd. There's, there, there were his disciples who were, who were you know, he's, he's in a group who were always with him, close by. And then there'd be crowds, right? You know, people are following him. Uh, just listening. Some are curious. Some are some are more interested. Some are more genuine. Others less, etc. You, you've got yeah. you know, the, the, the whole the whole gamut. And it says here in verse thirteen that someone in the crowd, in essentially, you know, calls out to Jesus and says, "Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me." Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the issue here? What 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 does this person want? Mm. Is wanting Jesus to get involved in some dispute that this person in the crowd has yeah. with his own brother. Right. A dispute over what? Mm. Over over inheritance. Now, <laughs> Will, I don't know about you, uh, you, you've been a pastoring for a number of years, right. you've, you've, you've worked with families, um, you have... Um, Conducted as I have, uh, you know, we've conducted many funerals, yeah. and um, yeah, you, you, uh, when you conduct a funeral, you, you meet with a family, and yes. um, you tend to see very <laughs> various aspects of yeah. of family relations. And one of the things that comes out is how family inheritance becomes a sticky issue, becomes a yeah. sensitive matter. Um, particularly if uh, some family members feel that they haven't uh, been included, that they haven't received what really should have been their their, their fair share. So, um, family issues over uh, over inheritance, yeah. uh, disputes over a will, for instance. Right. Um, we have this very much. You know, so what what happened? What Jesus? What, what occurred here with Jesus? It shows us that this is. Uh, family disputes over inheritance, whatever, is nothing new. Yeah, it was happening back here. It was happening in Jesus' day too. And and it's an issue over what? Over over possessions, mm. over over inheritance. Um, and um, it, this is interesting. It, you know, one of the biggest things that people really get worked up up about is is, is possessions. Um, and um, and so when we when we see this, we we find that Je- this man in the crowd that calls out is trying to dr- drag Jesus into a dispute between him and his brother. Yeah. And Jesus replies very uh, very smartly, verse fourteen. Man, he said, "Who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you?" Yeah. He doesn't want to get drawn into it. It's like he's saying, "Oh, what's it got to do with me?" Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. He he wisely chooses yeah. to to stay out of it. 
Then we read on, it says, then he said to them. So now he addresses the crowd. Interesting, Jesus uh, responds to the man um, and, yeah, he, he doesn't want to engage. He's not rude to the man. Yeah. He doesn't ignore him. He simply say, you know, is, 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 is getting back to him and saying, look, that's not something I need to get involved in. Uh, but then Jesus seizes this as an opportunity because no doubt others heard the, the, the comment. He seizes this as an opportunity to uh, teach and, and respond. Yeah. And, uh, and so what we find here is him, he says to the crowd, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now, that is the key to what's going to follow. Right. There's a warning because he says, watch out. Mm-hmm. And it says what the warning is, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. There's the warning. And that is, is warning against greed or covetousness, right. uh, wanting, wanting, wanting things. And then he, then he gives a, a very, very powerful statement. It's, a, it's, it's an important point that he brings yeah. here. He says, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Mm. In other words, things are not the most important. Right. Things are not the most important. And then he shares a parable. So there's the setting, right? Yeah. Clearly what we find here is that the issue is over um, people tussling, arguing over, over possessions. We find the same issue still these days. Uh, money, it's essentially coming down to coming down to money right yeah um it, it is something that um people get 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 worked worked about and um that that's that's the big thing um Je- now interestingly will jesus spoke a lot about money yeah uh and we're going to find that here is another parable that actually addresses it and there are other parables where he 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 refers to uh to, to money question why did he speak so much about money? Well, Jesus knew a, a significant fact, and it is this, that our money, wealth, possessions, and our attitude towards it is a, is, is a, is a clear indicator of what our heart mm. and spiritual condition is, yeah. which is why Jesus uh, said that you cannot serve both God and mm. and money. Or specifically, he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. will be also. And uh, he actually made the point that it's hard for rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Interesting. Money and heaven. Money yeah. and heaven. And we as humans, we try to get both, don't we? <laughs> And uh, Jesus here is 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 uh, making quite a just juxtaposition between between those. So now let's get into the parable itself, um, having set the scene. So the, is that clear? We're we're really yeah. looking at here that the whole point of um, greed. And uh, now people might think, oh no, nah, well I've, you know, I'm I'm fine. I, I I don't I don't I don't have that issue at all. But 
is that really the case? I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Don't we all like to just you know, get and, and get yeah. a bit more? And um, it's you know, what's human nature like? You know, that's why I believe this is a this is an important thing for all. And uh, doesn't matter who we are. Mm. Doesn't even really matter if if we're young or old, uh, and it certainly doesn't really matter if we uh, if we claim to have a Christian, you know, a faith in, in in God, because we are still susceptible to the allurement of wanting of wanting to yeah. get of, of of wanting things, and uh, that's why Jesus then goes on and uh, shares this parable, and he says the ground of a certain rich man produced a crop, and um, and you know we've read through it. So essentially, what we find here is this man he, he has a bumper harvest, yeah, um, such a bumper harvest that he can't fit in, you know, the, 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 all the grain all the everywhere. What's he going to do? And he thinks, oh, what I'm going to do? And this is, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build bigger barns so I can fit it all in, and then I'm going to have plenty that will allow me to put up my feet, uh, get myself a drink, yeah. and uh, and just really enjoy. Uh, in, in, enjoy life, and uh, but then comes the uh, the the the, um, the real punch the reality to, check. To, to to this parable. Uh, this man thinks he's 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 just going to keep on going. He'll be fine. But the 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 punch is that it says that that night his life is going to be demanded for you. In other words, he's going to die there. And then what good is it? All the stuff that he has has hoarded up, and Jesus then makes that profound uh, lesson. That's what's the case with those who store things up for themselves but aren't rich towards God. So issues here clearly we're, we're dealing with uh, matters of you know, possession. Now, uh, Will, what did you say our, our topic specifically today was called was again? It's the parable. Parable of the consumer. The parable of the consumer. Well, I said at the outset that uh, a lot of parables of Jesus looked at things that were um, uh, very relevant for you know, first century uh, people. But th- how relevant is this? To, you know, this, this, is, this, this is all about the issue of consumerism. Consumerism, oh. and um, that will is something that we're all we all face, um, whichever way we, we look at it. Now, what is consumerism? Now, uh, will you you might be familiar? We have a colleague, uh, partial colleague, um, who's who's actually um, done studies speci- specifically in this whole area of, of consumerism. Uh, our good mate um, uh, Brendan, and yep. um, he. Um, he he brings out very 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 aptly, and I think this is really really spot on. Uh, a really simple way to understand what consumerism is: it's this. It's the um, it's where we uh, it, it's it's like this uh, simple formula: time equals money, which equals things, which equals happiness. So consumerism is this idea: we, we, you know, we, we've got to spend time. Uh, in order to get money. Why? Because money will be able to get us things and yeah. once we have things and we're set up, then we'll be, we'll be comfortable and, and, and we'll be happy. Um, that's consumerism. And, um, and yeah, we, we are all in a sense, uh, caught and, and becomes a, yeah. it becomes a trap, doesn't it? Um, and uh, as I said, it doesn't matter whether we're young, young or old, uh, the same can be the case. And so everything we do, we're, we're actually filtering it through that. When, when, for example, 
even as even as noble a thing as when we're asked, if we're asked to volunteer our time, what do we do? We're going to evaluate and say, is it worth me doing that? What am I going to get out? Do you see that? Yeah. Um, how much should I give to this and yet not inconvenience me? Mm-hmm. Think about it from a, a young person point of view, right? A, a young, a young guy who, you know, he looks at a, a, a young lady and um, what, what will he think? He will think, what can I get out of this, you know, yeah, out of this relationship? Do you see what I'm saying? It, it, it operates on a number of levels, not just, not just even with, you know, literally money itself. Um, TV ads, uh, will, they don't, they don't actually really sell a product. They're, they're actually selling an experience. You know, they're saying, if you get this item, if you get it, um, you're going to feel great about yourself. That, yeah. that, that's what they're doing, you know. Um, and what this parable teaches us is that there are some things more important than money and possessions. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And it is, and it is at, at, you know, at the end of our life, or at, at the point of death, when we're either about to die or approaching death, or when some tragedy strikes, that's when we that's when we tend to realise uh, that things, possessions, are not the most important. Yeah. Hey, loving what you're saying, uh, Joseph. We just need to go right to a, a quick break before we head back for our final segment. I uh, just want to promote our, our free book offer once more in today's show. Uh, our free book offer is Kindness Living. Uh, by the author Jeff Weir. And uh, basically, it's a small book and it is a dynamite of a church growth resource for you. It's compact enough to fit in your pocket. And what it does, it encourages you, the reader, to have a kindness plan to touch the lives of those around you. So if you'd like a free copy of Kindness Living by Jeff Weir, please text the code SA68 to 04888. Eight zero eight one double one. One more time. That's SA six eight two zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ and A. Said I'm just one little drop in the nose 
emotion I can't get much done I begged you to leave But you did not believe In the work that you could do with me I want you to know That you're ready to go I set you apart Right from the start I need you to see That your strength comes from me I have given you all that you By Janine Orwa, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A, it's myself, Pastor Will Moala, and my co-host, Pastor Joseph Matichich, Secretary of the Adventist Churches here in South Australia. This week's theme, Radical Teachings in the Parables of Christ. And today we've been looking at the idea of the parable of the consumer. And Pastor Joseph has been unpacking a story in the Gospel of Luke uh, to talk about this idea of possessions and what it does to us. So, um, Pastor Joseph, um, in the remaining time we got, um, walk us through how this story ends. What, what's the big idea that Jesus is communicating uh, to us today? Because it's certainly relevant uh, for our time today, this idea of consumerism and people putting so much emphasis on stuff and that they have. So walk us through that in the remaining time that we have. In our parable today, we, we see a, a man uh, portrayed as um, having a, a bumper crop um, and he, he s- stores it all up um, thinking he's going to enjoy it for, for ages, uh, not realising that, that that night his life's going to be taken from him. And um, so it, it actually gives us a fairly... Uh, Poignant picture, Will, of um, you know um, a lot of people these days. You, know, you think yeah. of it, uh, a th- this could easily portray you know, a yeah. successful business person um, who has um, you know not a double garage, had a triple garage at home. Um, you got the cars parked in there, a lovely wife. Yep. Um, 
but the marriage is is fairly average because he's he's gone well you know before the sun gets up he gets home um after after dark each and every day he has got no time for his kids um uh, because he's he's chasing he's chasing the dollar yeah. right and um so it's 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 something that we can really relate and um and Jesus says here uh, what good is it to build all this up because it doesn't, um, it can't help you in essentially right. in eternity. And so what, what we need to understand though, Will, is Jesus is not saying that it's wrong to store things. Okay. Uh, nor is he saying that it's, um, it's wrong to have, 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 um, have savings. Uh, w- what he is saying is that we must remember that everything comes from God and we need to a- acknowledge him. Right. The, the man here, at, at, and Jesus says, uh, as he tells his story, he, he refers to him as as the fool. Yeah, uh, you know he uh, in the story he uh, he says that where God you know in this parable speaks to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded you. There are a number of reasons why this man was called a fool. All right. Reason number one is that he mistook man or humans. For God, right? He himself uh, essentially uh, thought he, he he was everything. Um, there was no concept he of was God. The center of his own universe. Exactly right. Right. Yep. Yep. He was, and um, and yeah, there was no time for God. There was no acknowledgement for God. None whatsoever. And that is how. A lot of people these days sadly live. Mm. Um, now we're not here just to talk about those who have, you know, don't, don't believe in God. It's easy for us, even as you know, as religious Christian people, to uh, to go about our lives um, compartmentalized. Yeah, and uh, we think, yeah, we, we yeah, this is mine. This is this is what I'll, I'll you know, with no reference to, um, to to God in the picture. And we need to be aware of that. The parable warns us to remember. That it's we are not the center of our of our universe. Yeah. Reason number one is called a fool is he took mistook man for God. The reason number two that he's he's a fool is because he mistook his body for his soul. In other right. words, he was just focused on the on the tangible, on the visible, on 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 the here and the now. Yeah, and uh, didn't re- care about spiritual spiritual things. Right, Jesus. Warns where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Will be also. And there's another reason I want to suggest to us, Will, why he, why this man um, is, is is really addressed as a fool, and that is that he mistook time for eternity. He mistook time mm. for eternity. He said, "I'll build bingo barns. I'll put all this in storage. It'll keep me going." And then I can eat, drink, and, and be merry. In other words, he had no intention, uh, no thought of, of um, uh, yeah, that life is short. And um, he had no idea how short it would be. Mm. That very night, he would be gone mm. and his possessions would mean nothing. So he, he mistook time for, for eternity. Now, there are a number of lessons, I believe, that we can learn from this. Lesson number one that I want to bring out is this. We need to have the right attitude. Right. Let me share a couple of uh, very significant statements elsewhere in Scripture. Um, This is written, interestingly, by 
a, a very a person who was very wealthy. Uh, it was King Solomon. He wrote, he wrote a fascinating little book called Ecclesiastes. And in the middle of the book, and he, he refers to this in a few places, but in the middle of the book he says this, whoever loves money never has money enough. Wow. Wow. It's pretty whoever, relevant today. So it's not money itself. It's saying whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever, whoever loves wealth, he goes on and says, is never satisfied with his income. This parable of the rich fool that Jesus told us uh, is is teaching us that we need to ensure that we have the right attitude about possessions and about things. Um, I'm also reminded of the the the, um, the passage in in First uh, Timothy chapter six. Let me read the, these uh, these words here. Uh, Will these are really important? G, uh, the, the the Bible here says, "But godliness with contentment." Is great gain. Godliness with, with contentment. contentment. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we had food and clothing, we'll be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. It goes on. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, of evil it right. says. And so... Godliness with contentment is great gain. We come into the world with nothing. We can't take any of it with us. We have to have the right attitude. And I like what it says there, Joseph. It says, for the love of money. It's not saying money in and of itself is evil because money can be used for good things. It can be used to bless your fellow man. It could be used to so many things. Yeah. But as the Bible says, it's the love of money. And that's what you're kind of getting at is when people love money because it will you know, supposedly bring them happiness, as you just quoted. You know, uh, King Solomon says that once you go down that road, you will never be filled. You know, you want more and more and more, like like the and, parable, and, like this and, guy, endless cycle. Yeah, it's an endless cycle. It's a trap, yeah. and that's why uh, it's so easily to be drawn into it. And it may not necessarily be money specifically, but anything that we want to keep on getting more and more and more. Lesson number two is we need to focus on the right things. So the first one is we right attitude, okay, right attitude. And that is an attitude that we can't take anything. We came into the world with nothing. We can't take anything out of this right. world. The second one is we need to focus on the right things. Well, what are the, the right things? And the right things, let, let me share this. This is, this is really, really important. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 4 and verse 18, it says, We fix our eyes on not on what is seen but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Second okay. Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Lesson we need to learn is we have to fix our eyes and uh, minds on, on, on the eternal things. They are the unseen things, the, if you like, the intangible. That's, 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 that's important. Number three, we need to remember that we are... That we are accountable, accountable to God. Let me let me share a couple of statements. This is from a, a great book, Christ's Object Lessons, right. which which essentially is, is kind of like a devotional commentary on on the right. parables of Jesus. Yep. And um, uh, the writer here says that uh, in this parable, this man's aims, the the rich fool, his his aims were no higher than those of the beasts or, or animals that perish. Whoa. He lived as if there was no God, no heaven, no future life, as if everything he possessed were his own, and he owed nothing to God or man. 
And that's why it says he's described as, as, as a fool. It quotes the Psalm 14. The fool says in his heart, there, there, is, there is no God. And then he says, this man had lived and planned for self. Mm. And, um, and what this is reminding us, he had no concept of acknowledging God. We need to remember that we are accountable to God. The final thing I want to say that we can learn is we need to learn the heart of God. Listen to these words. Listen to these words. It says, to live for self is to perish. Now, um, I'm reading here from Christ's Object Lessons, a couple of sentences that, that, that wraps up this little commentary on this, on this parable. To live for self is to perish. It is the spirit of the devil to get. It is the spirit, let me say that again, it is the spirit oh, of the devil to get. It is the spirit of Christ to give. Wow. And so Jesus is wanting us to learn that life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. In other words, what are we investing in? What are we soaring up for? Things that will not last or things that will make a difference for eternity? Number Above all, faith in God, uh, investing in, in the lives of other people and each other. Amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing with that, our listeners out there today, Pastor Joseph. Our time is up for today. Please tune in tomorrow where Gary and Eric will be looking at the uh, the theme, A Parable to Professional Clergy. So you won't want to miss that uh, tomorrow. So until then, we leave you with the words of Christ. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next time. 